You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So we're going to read from um, Proverbs 4, 20 to 27. So it says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from... Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. So it's a great passage. Actually, I'm really grateful to be preaching on this verse, this bit today, because it is one of my favorite verses, that verse in verse 23, above all else, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. I'm going to read it in um, the message, um, not the message, the Passion Translation, actually. Here it is. Sorry, I thought it was only on the... Do you need the PowerPoint back again? Because it's in my bag and Robin can pass it to you. <laughs> in the depths of my great big bag, which is way too big. Um, so the, in the Passion Translation, it's, it says, Above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. I love that translation. Sometimes it's just a really nice, it's kind of a paraphrase, paraphrase rather than a translation, I think, because it just expands it in a more usable language sometimes. And it's guard the affections of your heart, it says, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Or in the New King James Version, it says, the issues of life. So, you know, our hearts, our physical heart, let's think about our physical heart. If anyone's had heart surgery or any issues with their heart, they will know it's pretty important. If it's not beating, you're going to not be standing here today. You won't be here. So we know that our heart is vital to life. And the same with our spiritual heart. Um, you know, in Hebrew, I looked it up a little bit. I like to look at the Hebrew words. It's the Hebrew word for heart in this context is really about the mind, will, understandings, and the seat of our emotions. So the mind, the will, the understanding, and the seat of our emotions. A lot of things there. It's kind of like at the crooks of us, really, isn't it? Just like our physical heart keeps us alive, so our spiritual heart keeps us spiritually alive, and we need it to be spiritually alive. It's either alive or not alive. It can't really be in between. It can't really be half alive. It's alive or dead. Are we spiritually alive today? We're going to think about that a bit later. Maybe 
you know, as you hear this message today, you're thinking, actually, I've not actually got my heart connected to God's heart. Is your heart connected to God's heart? And if it isn't, today is a day to think about that because maybe you've been coming here for some time and not actually connected to Jesus, connected your heart to his heart, joined your heart to his heart. That's what he wants for us. That's his plan for us. His plan is that our heart is joined with his heart. That's an incredible thing. And it's through that blood of Jesus that we celebrated earlier, the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. The life is in the blood, isn't it? In uh, Leviticus, it talks a lot about that. The life of the body is in the blood. If we don't have our blood flowing around, it's no life. Finito, gone, nothing. If we don't have that blood flowing around our body, nothing. Nothing's happening. Our spiritual heart needs to be beating. It has to be working and it has to have capacity to relate and to have relationship with God, to love and to be loved. Our spiritual heart gives us the capacity to relate to God, to have fellowship with the Lord Jesus, to have his blood running through our veins. Um, you know, maybe you're thinking about, that sounds a bit weird, but his blood running through our veins. Wow, powerful thought. I'd love that, that his blood runs through my veins. Ephesians 3.17, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. I think it's on a slide, number three or four. Um, with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. It takes faith for us to have that, that Christ dwelling in our hearts. We need faith in him for it to happen. And Colossians 3, verse 1 says, set your hearts on things above. Setting the scene, we've got to set our hearts on things above. Actually, guarding our hearts, you could actually just summarize it in that. Set your heart on things above. Set your hearts on God, on his ways, in his purposes for your life. Then I just want to bring a verse in Matthew. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Matthew 13, verse 24. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, whatever's in your heart comes out here, comes out through these lips. If your heart is in line with God's heart, if you have his blood running through your veins, you're going to be speaking out your life. Life, the life of Christ is coming out of your mouth. For never underestimate the power that comes out of your mouth when you speak out. Sometimes I think that I have absolutely no influence at work among people who don't know the Lord. And then I step back and they'll say little things that make me realize, actually, there's a lot that they pick up. There's a lot that they notice. Things are noticed, folks. Things are noticed about us. What's overflowing from your heart does come out of here. It comes out. So what's in your heart is precious. And this verse says, guard your hearts, for it's the wellspring of life. Now, I'm thinking about the word guard. Now, who, if you've got a property or a house, a room, any property of any sort, do you ever go out of the house and leave the door open? Does anyone do that? No. 
It's not really a good plan, is it? I know one day I came home from work, I can't remember where I'd been, and I got home and the front door was open and nobody was in at all. I don't know how that happened, Robin. <laughs> I think it's happened a couple of times where people have thought they'd shut it and they've rushed out and they've been in a, such a rush that they haven't actually shut it properly and all our assets are open to the world. I'm advertising it right now. We hardly ever do that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, so if you've got assets, you're going to protect them. You might have insurance. Sensible. Sensible. If you have a house, you're going to lock the door. If you have a valuable possessions in your house, you're definitely going to lock them up or put them somewhere very safe. Some people have a safe. I remember Robin's mum, she used to have a safe. And she didn't have anything particularly valuable. She was just really quite anxious about losing stuff. And I think, you know, with our hearts, we have got to guard our hearts. We can't be too precious about them. You know what? Our hearts are so vital. Our spiritual heart needs guarding. It needs guarding. What do we need to guard our hearts from? Why does it say guard our hearts? You know, our hearts are vulnerable. They are. They're vulnerable to attack or unbelief. That's a big one, isn't it? Maybe unbelief is something that you're prone to. We're all prone to it, to be honest. We're all prone to unbelief at times. We're going to be hearing things from the world's angle, the world's side of thinking. The world's way of thinking is so big, and it overtakes us sometimes, doesn't it? And then you end up thinking, well, I'm not sure really. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Unbelief. Unbelief gets a hold of you. If it gets a hold of you, what's that from? That's not from God. You're not, somehow your heart is not being guarded in the way it should be. Fear. Maybe you've got lots of fear in your heart. I think some of these things are core things. Fear is a core thing that the human race suffers from. We're supposed to have a little bit of fear, though, aren't we? Because otherwise we'd end up in danger. But fear takes over. Fear takes over. And then we end up not doing anything. Fear is crippling. If you've had experienced panic attacks or anything like that, you'll know just how crippling fear can be. And, you know, many of us have experienced panic attacks. It's not, it's not a secret, I think. It's a big thing in our human society these days that fear takes over. Unforgiveness. You know, we need to guard our heart from unforgiveness. People hurt us. We take offense. Offense. People offend us. People break with a relationship with us. Anybody who's been through any kind of relationship severance in any way or another or loss, there's there's some kind of offense might be taken or you might be harboring bitterness, offense, and then unforgiveness can break in and it takes root in our hearts. We need to guard our hearts from unforgiveness. We need to guard our hearts from people, um, from, from hurts and rejection. Rejection is massive. I once heard it said that just about every problem of the human race stems from rejection. If you think about that for a moment, it's kind of true because just about everything that we go through is a form of rejection. Every bad thing that happens to us is a form of rejection. There may be rejection from our early days when we were young. There may be rejection we've experienced 
that we had absolutely no control over, but it's there, and our hearts need guarding from these things. Our hearts are precious, people. Our hearts need guarding. Hurts. And then temptation. What about temptation? Actually, temptation covers just about everything. We are tempted to be unforgiving. We are tempted to hold hurt. We are tempted to hold fear. We are tempted to lie. We are tempted to be envious. We are tempted to, as the Ten Commandments all talk about, all the things that that the Ten Commandments talk about, committing adultery, stealing, murder, lying, um, taking the Lord's name, all of those things. We have temptations come at us daily, on a daily basis, guarding our hearts. Think about that house that needs the lock and key. It needs a lock and key, but without being so hard that our hearts are hard. I once heard it said that as you grow in your Christian walk, you need to grow into having a soft heart and a hard skin. From initially, maybe you had a hard heart and a soft skin. We don't want a hard heart. We want a and we don't want a soft skin either because we need to be protected. We need protection. So we need to grow from having a soft um, skin and a hard heart, a hard skin and a soft heart. Our hearts need to be pliable and soft to the Lord. So how do we guard our hearts? You know, this passage actually shows us how we can guard our hearts. It says that, first of all, in verse 20... Um, it, there is a slide with this, I don't know if it's there, um, that we need to pay attention. Okay, first things first, pay attention. If you don't do anything else, you have to start there, paying attention to what God's saying. Pay attention. It can be hard because there are so many distractions coming our way. And from the moment we wake up to the moment we sleep, things come our way. You can guarantee it, can't you? There's going to be either temptation or somebody's going to hurt you or something's going to happen that's going to steal your joy. It might be just that you drop something, a glass of a cup of coffee on the floor. It can steal your joy in a moment. Who's had that happen? In the mornings, I'm getting ready for work and I'll drop something on the floor or I'll um, not be able to find something I need. And then my joy is gone. How ridiculous is that? We're letting little things steal our joy. So we need to pay attention because these distractions come our way every second. If you're not paying attention to something, it means you're not focusing on it. So, you know, paying attention to um, if, if someone's talking to you, generally, if they're there talking to you and you're looking over here, they will know, won't they, that you're not paying attention to them. So first off, we've got to pay attention. Verse 20, I'm just going to read that again. Pay attention to what I say. So pay attention to God and his word. Let's, let's say that, because wisdom is all wisdom comes from God. God is the height of wisdom. So we're paying attention to him and his word. Matthew 6, 21 says, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you value something, you'll attend to it. Just like you'll lock your front door if you've got anything at all that's valuable to you. It may be that it's not worth anything to anyone else. <laughs> but it will be worth something to you. And our hearts are vital. We need to protect. We need to pay attention. 
and look at where our treasure is. If our treasure is with God, if we believe he is our treasure, we'll protect it. Verse 20 then says about listen closely to my words. And also it says the same sort of thing um, in verse 21. I can't remember where it is. I'll find it in a minute. So we've got to listen. Paying attention to God and his word involves us opening our spiritual ears and our eyes. So our spiritual ears, if you're deaf, you might need to work extra hard to pay attention my parents are quite deaf now, and they have to work very, very hard to pay attention. I feel for them because it is very hard. And I know that people who experience hearing difficulties have to work really hard. to. They use other senses in their body to help them to hear. And I think they probably use their eyes more to lip read. And, you know, you gain extra sense to help you. And... Generally, what we are listening to or looking at will be what we are attending or focusing to. My job involves working with children who have sensory difficulties. And, you know, there's so many kids who have sensory difficulties. If they have sensory difficulties, they're not going to be able to pay attention in the way that everyone else can. And our senses become dulled to input if we don't pay attention to them. Likewise, our spiritual senses, if we don't pay attention to our spiritual ears, then we are not going to be able to attend to things that God is saying to us. I love the verse in Isaiah 50. It says that he wakens me morning by morning to listen like one being taught. I've taken that literally, that God wakens me each morning to listen like one being taught. And each morning, I make a habit of opening my ears consciously and saying, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me today? Open our ears. Have you ever had the experience that you hear a fire alarm a lot of times? Maybe at work, or I worked in a school where the fire alarm went off every Monday at a certain time. It was a practice, but it eventually you go, oh, well, it doesn't matter. But what if it's a real one? What if it really is a fire alarm? The Lord wants us not to tune out. He wants us to keep tuned in to his voice. Sometimes we tune out from sounds that get too um, familiar, and we've got to keep tuning into his voice, just like that fire alarm. It's really important. It could save your life. It could save your life. Then in verse 21, it says, do not let them out of your sight. So our other sense of sight comes in here. So in order to guard our hearts, we need to pay attention. We need to listen. We need to look. So what does that mean? Keeping our gaze straight ahead, it says in verse 25. What you look at is important. Now, we need to look at God's word. Actually looking at it really helps us. If, you've, if you're not a visual learner, maybe you are more of an auditory learner. Use your Bible app on your phone and turn on the sound. It's really great. And then you can have it playing to you in the shower. You can have it playing to you in the car. You can have it playing to you while you're sitting. It's so great to hear God's word. But I think there's something amazing about seeing it as well. If you've got your visual sense working properly, which I think most of us have, then if you're not visually impaired, 
It's so cool to read the Word of God. And also looking at what else. We've got to keep our gaze straight ahead. Keep fixed. Do you know that song? I don't know if anyone remembers it from years and years ago. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Does anyone know that song? (laughs) You know, temptation gets us all over the place. So we need to be careful. Keep our eyes, tunnel vision. Where we're meant to look is things that keep our eyes on the straight and now, on God's ways, on God's word. Number four. So we've got meditate on God's word. Verse 21, it says we are to keep God's word in our heart. Now I'm going to take that to mean meditating. So we've not only just looked at it, it's okay to just look at it, but there's a verse in James that says it's okay to look at the word of God or look at yourself in the mirror, it says. But if you look at yourself and take no notice of what you look like, it's pointless. Hello. It's a bit pointless. Is this still working? Yep. If you look in the mirror in the morning and you look absolutely dreadful, do you go away and just ignore that? I personally really don't, but maybe I'm a bit vain. (laughs) I would definitely go and do my hair. I would put on a bit of makeup. I would get myself dressed and looking presentable. To me, it's really important not to look in the mirror and ignore what you've seen. That's what meditation is. It's about going over it, looking through it, mulling it over, taking it into your heart. Meditating on the Word is huge. The um, book of Psalms, it says in Psalm 119, I have laid your Word in my heart. Laid your Word in my heart. Can you imagine doing that? It's like sort of really taking it deep within, laying laying His Word in your heart, keeping it there. It says that um, in Psalm 19, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. If we can meditate on God's word, we're kind of chewing it over. We're taking it in, might read it once, might read it twice, and then we might sort of close our eyes and um, think about what it really means, the passage that we've just read, like I did with this passage It took a while to sort of mull it over and really let it go deep within my heart, deep within my heart. Memorizing scripture is a great way to meditate on it, and then you can come back to it at another stage when you don't have your Bible open. Um, What we focus on grows. If you focus on developing the skill of dancing, that skill's going to grow. If you focus on trying to run for a marathon, that skill's going to grow. If you focus on learning how to um, ride a bike better, that skill's going to grow. If you focus on the Word of God, if you focus on His ways and His value that He places on you, that's going to grow, isn't it? Your heart is going to expand in His way. What we focus on grows. If you focus on fear what happens? It grows. If you focus on anything that's a wrong belief or an unbelief, that grows. If you focus on your problems, they grow. How many times have we done that? I know I have focused on a problem many times. And it's grown, and it's grown, and it's grown, and then I haven't slept in the night. And then I come back to thinking, hang on a minute, I could just meditate on God's word 
And then I'll focus on his word, not the fear, not the wrong belief. So the fourth point is that we need to speak out. The passage in Romans, you probably know it, it says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. But it's with our hearts we confess and believe, but with our mouth that we are, um, help me here, uh, just a mouth with which we are confessed and are saved. So it's our confessions of our mouth that actually nail it. You can have it in your heart, but to speak it out nails it for you. It nails it. We need to speak out the word of God. Confess with our mouth. Our mouth is able to speak out. And maybe you just start with doing that at home to yourself. And then you get used to it and you get used to the sound of your own voice. And you're going to be able to confess it out loud in front of other people. Confessing God's word to other people. Confessing what he says about you, not what other people say about you. Confessing what God is like rather than what other people think he's like. So we've got to guard our hearts. First of all, we need to pay attention. Secondly, to listen. Thirdly, to look. Fourthly, to meditate. Fifthly, to speak out. And then sixthly, to walk in his ways. To walk in his ways. Verse 26 says that we must make level paths for our feet and take only ways that are firm. Walk in the right direction. And that's about taking action as well. In... um, Psalm 86, it says, give me an undivided heart. And this passage here in in Proverbs says, um, take only ways that are firm. Do not look to the right or the left. Let's not have a divided heart. If your heart is divided, you're going to be sometimes thinking that thought and sometimes that way. Stick to what God says. Keep your focus and attention on him. And then your heart's going to stay in that one direction. But you know what? We're in a spiritual battle, aren't we? And I think we must remember that our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He is longing to have our hearts. He wants control of our hearts. There is a battle going on. And he wants us to take the arm. Jesus wants us to take the armor. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. We've been equipped with the armor of God. It might seem really hard work some days to come and to take our attention, put it on God, to have our ears listening to God, our eyes listening to God, and our feet walking in his ways, meditating on his ways. Some days, what an effort. It's effort. But God has given us the spiritual armor. And what I'm interested in here is that I'm noticing that the breastplate of righteousness covers our hearts. That's the part The breastplate of righteousness covers our hearts. Do you know that verse that said, he who had no sin, we celebrated this morning, this very fact, became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of Christ. The breastplate of righteousness is on us purely because of God's 
grace. So you might be thinking, Ruth, what you've been talking about this morning, I've been trying this for a very long time. I've been trying and trying to focus on God. I've been trying to meditate. I've been trying to listen. I've been trying to look. I've been trying to walk in his ways. I've been trying to speak it out. It's so hard. Yes, it is. But we have been given the robes of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, and that is protection for our heart. Now, sometimes we've got to sit back in the Father's arms, come to the Father God, and say, God, I just can't do this anymore. Sometimes there is a place and a time we have to say, I've tried it in my own strength. And actually, God says, great, you've finally realized you can't do it in my strength. Yes, we need to have a discipline of all these things, but God says, come and take on my robe of righteousness. You've got the breastplate of righteousness to protect your heart. And it's not because of things you've done. It's not because of a secret formula that I might have gone through this morning, which might seem like a secret formula. It's because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has covered our sin. He who had no sin has become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of Christ. His righteousness is within our hearts, protecting our hearts, so that we can flow with his lifeblood within ours. But that armor of God is there to protect us. And as we know, that enemy is there like a roaring lion. We've got to come, coming into the Father's arms, saying, Lord God, I need that breastplate of righteousness. I need all the other pieces of armor too. But thinking about the heart, we have that breastplate of righteousness, giving us new, new life. We're seen as Christ seen us. He sees us with righteousness instead of with filthy sin and um, the things that we may have failed in, that we are focused. Sometimes we focus on things we failed in, don't we? And actually, God says, don't focus on those failures. Focus on what I have done for you. And you know, this passage in um, Proverbs also talks about how in verse 22, the state of our heart is linked to our physical health. Our spiritual heart is linked to our physical health. It clearly seems to say in these verses how if we are healthy spiritually, our physical body will be healthier. Now, there's a lot of research gone on recently in the world today that is saying how physical health is affecting our mental health and mental health, physical health and vice versa. And it's all so tied up. If we can get our hearts focusing on what the Lord has done for us, to meditate on his word and to know that righteousness that he has clothed us in, then we're going to be able to just see how our physical body changes too. I believe that our physical body will see the effects. Just like what Jesus on the, did on the cross, his stripes, by his stripes we are healed. Physically and mentally, God brings healing in every part. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.